Let's get started. Okay, so a couple of shadows from this week. You'll tell me if you want two or three, but uh, we'll start with we'll start with two, and then we'll go uh, we'll go from there. You tell me if you want another one. I got a, uh, a shaila from a friend of mine who's a rebbe in a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, a uh, Hezder yeshiva, and uh, with an American program. And there was a boy in the yeshiva who is sheer gimel and interested in making aliyah. So uh, as 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 uh, things go, um, you know, it's not always so easy to deal with uh, with the Misrat HaPnim and all the different authorities that you need to deal with in order to get things done in Israel. It's not under the best of circumstances. It's not always so easy. Particularly now, it's really not so easy. And finally, finally, like on Friday or on Thursday night or something, the boy finally got uh, a, an appointment for Tuesday to, uh, to at the Misrat HaPnim to be able to finalize his Aliyah. The problem is that uh, there was one paper, one very important paper, that he does not trust to be sent in the mail or with any carrier service, one very important paper that his parents have that he's going to need for that meeting on Tuesday. The only people his parents know and he knows that are going to Israel. Now it used to be you always know people going back and forth all the time. The only people he and his parents know going to Israel are his parents' neighbors who are not religious and are flying on Shabbos. So their shaila is, can they send this piece of paper with their not religious neighbors who are going to be flying on Shabbos because he needs this piece of paper for the great mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael in order to make Aliyah, to be able to uh, to, to uh, fulfill that uh, that important mitzvah, that important dream. Uh, he could do Yishev Eretz Yisrael without Aliyah, but ne- nevertheless, it's a, it's a higher madrega, let's say. Um, uh, let's say. So, uh, okay, so that is, uh, that's, that's shaila number one. Shaila number two, um, I got also from Israel a friend of mine who's a Rebbe in Israel is uh, Baruch Hashem marrying off a child and in the world that he associates with the social uh, uh, circles that he is in uh, it is somewhat normal in fact uh, almost expected that when uh, they marry off a child that the Mechutanim chip in and buy the young couple an apartment so that they can uh, they can have a, pl- a place to live uh, while the, while while the guy is learning in Kolo and figuring things out, so uh, he had agreed at the engagement that he would participate in going fifty fifty on i don 't know whether it 's on a down payment or on the whole apartment i don 't know the details, but he was he committed uh, to the mechutanim. he didn 't tell the the children anything, but he committed to the mechutanim that he was going to pay a, a fair sum of money and then um, and he, and he had he had money in mind i mean he had money uh, put away for this purpose. So he was thinking specifically about a particular sum of money that he was going to use, that he was going to take, draw from, and then the bank where he kept that money went bankrupt. Uh, it went belly up, and that bank is gone. And I don't know. I guess there's no FDIC insured, uh, you know, in, in in Israel, or maybe just like the bank. It was a not a real, uh, you know, it was uh, like not a real bank. I don't know. I don't know if the bank was uh, some guy, you know, uh, in, in like a muscle shirt down the block who's going to bust your kneecaps, kind of thing. But uh, but the bank went uh, went belly up, and now the money is gone. And he wants to know, does he have to, uh, is he obligated, uh, from a halachic perspective, to keep his commitment to, uh, to the, uh, to the mechutanim, uh, considering that the money that he had, uh, designated is now no longer there. He said that there are going to be lawyers involved. He's going to try 
to recoup the money, but by the time he's done with lawyer fees and uh, whatever percentage of the money he's able to recoup, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same amount. So is he obligated to give that, uh, that, 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 full, that full amount? I'm very curious if anyone knows if in Israel they, uh, they do, do they not have like FDIC-insured banks like uh, I, I don't know how that works could a bank just do that uh, I, don't, I don't anyone know I was well, I was in banking years ago they didn't have um, like a few years ago like 215 216 because a lot of banks have uh, government guaranteed um, interest that the government's going to hold up the banks but um, in 2015 they didn't have the 16 I don't know about that wow okay so anyway, so uh, that's Lemaisa, that's what, that, that was the Shiloh. Okay, so these are our two Shilohs, unless you want a third. Are we okay with two? Two are good? We'll go with two. Okay, so which, which Shiloh do we want to talk about? Everyone can vote in the chat. Shiloh number one or Shiloh number two? That's, oh, we're tied so far in the voting. Ooh. Really? I was not expecting this. Okay. So everyone wants to go to Shiloh number one. I thought everyone was going to want to go to Shiloh number two. Okay, it's a good thing I actually did prepare both. Um, sometimes I like, you know, <laughs> I just sort of, uh, you know, bet on a, on a particular outcome and uh, roll the dice a little bit. Okay, so uh, so Shiloh number number one, um, that was the Shiloh of the fellow whose uh, neighbors are coming to Eretzel. So the issue over here, L'chora is a Maisa Shabbos issue, that here you have a person who you're asking, a Jewish person, who you're asking to do Malacha for you on Shabbos. So this fundamental issue of Maisa Shabbos is as you would not expect a sugya in Meseches Chulin. It's a sugya in Meseches Chulin and Daf Tesvav. The Gemara Meseches Chulin tells us that uh, one is not allowed to derive benefit from a malacha that was done by a Jew on Shabbos. And the Gemara has a three-way machlokas uh, in terms of what the uh, exact parameters of that Isser are. Three-way machlokas tanoim, what the exact parameters of that Isser are. First, the most mekel shita is that of Rabbi Meir, where a mayor holds that if the malacha was done bishogeg, then the guy who did the malacha and everybody else is allowed to get hanar from the malacha right away. There's no there's no knas whatsoever for a malacha that was done bishogeg. Only, only if the malacha was done b'mezid, only then do we have uh, only then. Do we have a, uh, a knas uh, that on Shabbos it's usher for everybody to get benefit from, but as soon as Shabbos is over, Motzai Shabbos, it becomes mutter for everybody to get benefit from. That is Shitas Rabbi Meir. That is the most lenient of the three Shitas. Then comes along Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Meir, you know what you just said about Mezid? I think that should be the halacha for Shogeg, meaning I think that by, by Shogeg, you don't let the guy get off scot-free. We have to be what the Gemara refers to as being Kone Shogeg, we have to make a knas on a shogeg case uh, to a mazid case. So, uh, so if uh, it was done b'shogeg on Shabbos, it's also for everybody. Motzai Shabbos is permitted for uh, for everybody. And if it was done b'mezid, then for the guy who did the Avera, it's also forever. He's never allowed to benefit from that Avera. Uh, typically, this is understood, this is spoken about in Hilchos Bishel, meaning you have a person who's mevashel b'shabbis. So a guy is mevashel b'shabbis on b'mezid, so it's also for that guy to ever eat the food. For everybody else, it's mutter, but only after Shabbos is over. And then comes along Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, and Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, hey, Rabbi Yehuda, you know what you said about Mazid? 
I think that should be the halacha for shogeg. He's even more machmir. How's he even more machmir? If you did it b'shogeg, then for the guy who did the Aveira, it's also forever. For everyone else, it's usher until after Shabbos. And if you did it b'mezid, it's usher for everybody forever. That's Rabbi Yochanan Sanda, the most machmir of the three shitos. So how do we pass on the halacha? Well, right off the bat, none of the Rishonim pass on like Rabbi Yochanan Sanda. So Rabbi Yochanan Sanda is, uh, is out, uh, outvoted for sure. The question is, do we pass in like Rabbi Meir, who's so mekel, or do we pass in like Rabbi Yehuda? So in, Shulcha, in, in most of the Rishonim, the Torah quotes a uh, number of Rishonim, Machlokas Rishonim actually, and Shulchan Aruch, we pass in like Rabbi Yehuda, the more machmir of the two remaining shitos, meaning the middle shita, that if the Malach was done b'shogeg, then everyone's allowed to get benefit from it on Masai Shabbos, but if it was done b'mezid, it's prohibited forever for the guy who did it, but permitted for everybody on Masai Shabbos. However, the Gra quotes that uh, the, uh, the the Gra rather is quoted in the Mishabur and Sivkat and Zayin and Simon Shinir Ches like Shitas Rabbi Meir. That if the Malach was done b'shogeg, then everyone can get benefit from it right away, and if it was done b'mezid, everyone's allowed to get an from it after Shabbos. So Mishabura um, comes to the, the halachic conclusion that you could rely on the gra. That really, uh, we should really, really paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, like the Shulchan paskins. Makamatzorech, we could rely on the gra. Mishabura then also says if the Isser in question is an Isser Drabanan, that was done Bishogeg, then everyone's allowed to get Hanah from it right away. And, and another qualification, says the Mishabura, um, that uh, is the Mishabura and Sivkat and Beis, that there's a, when, if there's a machlokas, whether what the person did is usher to begin with, then everyone is allowed to benefit from it on Shabbos, because even though you may hold that it's usher, if there are legitimate poskim that hold that it's mutter, so then it's not called Maisa Shabbos at all, and everyone's allowed to get benefit from it. So where does that leave us exactly? So what do we say? According to, well, let's, let's try to, categorize what this case is. Uh, this fellow, is he mazid? Is he shogeg? Is he doing a daraisa? Is he doing a darabanan? Uh, what exactly is this case? So the fellow is going on a plane and he's bringing uh, paper with him for you on the plane. So what, what's he violating exactly? Tchum Shabbos? He's violating Tchum Shabbos? And Tchum Lamala but he's going to the airport, back from the airport. He's doing that anyway. Oh, he's doing that anyway. So what's he doing? Hotza'a, he's carrying for you in Rosh Hashanah. He's doing that anyway. He's Marba Bishurim in Hotza'a. He's carrying some extra stuff that he would not have been carrying for you otherwise. Right? Is that, is, that, is that what it is? He's carrying something more than he otherwise would have been carrying. He has, uh, uh, you know, four suitcases full of stuff. And for you, he has one piece of paper. Right and, uh, and 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 that's uh, that's 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 what he's bringing uh, extra on the plane. Okay, so what's that? So what's that? That that's uh, is that melachav hotzah midaraisa because uh, it's not your husband what he's doing anyway. Meaning he's bringing uh, he's you're asking him to do melachav hotzah midaraisa for you and he's doing it for you. So uh, but wait a second, he's the one that's doing it. Is he shogig or mezid? So pashtos is. He's mazed, right? He knows that it's Shabbos, and he knows that uh, religious people don't do this on Shabbos, and he's doing it anyway. So if he's doing it b'mezid, and it's a melach daraisa, so what's the halach if you're passing like Rabbi Yudah? For him, it's asr forever. But for everybody else, as soon as Shabbos is over, it's fine. 
That's even if you're passing like Rabbi Yudah, that's even the more Machmir Shita. Certainly, if you're passing like the Gra, then it's mutter for everybody in Motsoy Shabbos. Well, wait a second. So, so what's the issue? There's no issue here whatsoever, Lechorah. He's not the one that's benefiting from it. You're the one that's benefiting from it. He's the one that did the, uh, the Avera. So, we'll see that that's not so Pashut at all. Um, the, uh, the be, before we get to uh, we get to why that's not well, well I guess we'll mention why is that not so passionate at all? It, yes, he's the one that's benefiting from it, from it, but you're the one that was nasa bishvilo, and we assume la halacha that if it was nasa bishvilo, if it was done for your purpose, that's considered like the person who did the malacha itself. Ooh, so now he's not doing it for himself. He doesn't need this piece of paper. He's doing it for this uh, for this boy. So it's nasa bishvilo. So now we're subject to the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir because for the guy himself, nasa bishvilo is the same din as the avarian himself. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's also forever. According to Rabbi Meir, on 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 Shabbos, it's going to be muta right away. So a couple of more details are important over here. First of all, the Beis Yosef quotes another machlokas. It's about when exactly you're allowed to get Hanah from Malacha that was done by a Jew uh, after Shabbos is over. Let's say in a case where it was done by Shogeg and everyone's allowed to benefit from it, or in a case where it was done by Mezid and other people besides for the guy who did it are allowed to benefit from it. So the Rambam holds right after Shabbos you're allowed to get benefit from it. But Rashi says, no, only what's called the amount of time has to pass that it could have been done. So Shulchanach in Shin Yuchasif Alif, passes like the Rambam, that right away after Shabbos. And the, the Taz explains that only when a non-Jew performs Malacha for you uh, on, on Shabbos do you need to wait Unbelievable, counterintuitive. If a non-Jew does Malacha for me on Shabbos, I need to wait after Shabbos before I can get a benefit from that Malacha. But if a Jew does Malacha for me, then I'm allowed to benefit from it right away, right after Shabbos. I, I'm more machmir when a non-Jew does the Malacha than I am when a Jew does the Malacha. Why would I be more machmir by a non-Jew than I would be by a Jew? So the Taz explains that uh, there's more of a concern that if you were to be allowed to benefit from a non-Jew doing the Malacha, that you'll come to make a habit of that. That you'll ask non-Jews to do things for you. That you'll violate Amir La'akum. So that's why Chazal had to be extra by the non-Jew. If a Jew is doing malacha for you on Shabbos, we're not worried that you're going to come to ask a Jew to do malacha for you, because uh, you would never do that. You would never ask a Jew. We're not, we're not concerned that that's going to become a habit. And furthermore, even if you do ask, he's not going to listen to you. So there's no reason to ask her waiting after Shabbos, b'kitei sheyasu. So, uh, so, so there's less of a concern that you will ask. And even if you do ask, there's no concern that he's going to listen to you. So Mela, there's nothing to be worried about. So that that's as far as uh, uh, how long you have to wait? Now, Lachara over here, the Kadesh Yasu issue is, uh, is is not an issue at all uh, because uh, by the time he needs it, he only needs it on Tuesdays. So that's perfectly fine. Um, however, an- another couple of factors over here are important, and, and they are as follows. Um, if, if a Jew intentionally does Malach on Shabbos, he's not allowed to get Hanah from it. Everyone else is allowed to get Hanah from it. The Mishabura says that even if a Jew cooked food specifically for you, you it's still mutter after Shabbos. However, the Ksav Sofer writes that uh, if a Jew cooks for you on a permanent basis, then the food is also forever. He says the whole reason you're allowed to get Hanah from the food after Shabbos is because you won't ask a Jew to cook for you. But if it's because he would never listen to you, or like the Muggen Ram says, he's never going to listen to you anyway. But in our case, he does it for you on a permanent basis. He's your chef. He doesn't care about Shabbos. 
Shabbos. He's a mumar. He's not someone who's interested in Shabbos. He will listen to you. So there is a concern that you will ask him, and there is a concern that he's going to listen to you. So you're not allowed to get benefit from that malacha that, that he does. However, Ratsi Pesach Frank disagrees with the Ksav Sofer and says that you're not allowed to make up new gzeros. He says, I get it. It's a, it makes sense. Logically, I understand where you're coming from, but you can't make up your own uh, your own gzeros. So the malacha done by a mumar is the same as malacha done by a Yisrael. That, that, that uh, machlokas is a machlokas that is very relevant bizman hazeh. According to the, the Ksav Sofer, if you have a person who are, who's intentionally violating Shabbos on a consistent basis, so anything that they do on Shabbos is always going to be usher, and you're never allowed to benefit from it. Whereas according to C. Pesach Frank, uh, as soon as Shabbos is over, you are allowed to benefit from it. This is what we used to refer to as the old uh, Howie Rose or Susan Waldman Shaila. Uh, you know, uh, for those who know baseball a little bit, uh, Howie Rose is the announcer for the New York Mets, and Susan Waldman, uh, regrettably, the announcer for the New York Yankees, and uh, and 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 they're both, uh, from what I understand, they're both Jewish. Now, if a game is going on in Los Angeles um, and uh, Shabbos is already over in New York, and Howie Rose is calling the game, or Susan Walden is calling the game, so you're allowed to listen to the radio, uh, you know, benefiting from the call of uh, of these Jewish sportscasters. Here they are; they're doing malacha uh, for the benefit of their audience on uh, what is Shabbos for them. So, are you allowed to? Uh, to benefit from uh, from this malacha, so uh, this uh, plays into the shaila of uh, of a mumar uh, doing malacha, malacha, getting enough from a mumar doing malacha. But that that's only uh, as far as getting hana after Shabbos. On Shabbos itself, it's for sure usher to get hana from from the malacha. So. Uh, Rav Shomel Zalman in Shmir Shabbos Gilchus is quoted as saying that you're not allowed to call a non-religious uh, co-worker when you're in America and it's Shabbos for him in Israel. And the, Sh- the Shmir Shabbos Gilchus uh, says that if you're in America, you're not allowed to watch a live broadcast from Israel or log into a website that's updated with content on Shabbos in Israel. It's Meisim Bechol Yom, right? These things happen. You're checking your news feeds late in the day on Friday afternoon uh, you know, from Israel and people are updating those news feeds in Israel. Israel on uh, on Shabbos. So anyway, so that is the machlokas as far as a mumar is is concerned. Now there is another important factor, and this is going to change everything. Uh, there are those that say Rabbeinu Yonah, the Ritva, that if the malach in question makes no impact on the actual cheftza, you brought the cheftza from Rishus Rabim to Rishus Hayachid. So then there's no Isser that's created from the Maisa Shabbos, and you're allowed to get Hana'ah from that, from that object in the Rosh Hashayachid. Similarly, food that's brought on a train or in a car, in a car, let's say, on Shabbos, nothing changed about the food, there is no Isser. That is what the Rabbeinu Yonah, meaning Malacha, when we talk about getting Hana'ah from Malacha, Malacha generally is a creative act. Hana'ah from a malacha means you're benefiting from that creativity, from that change, from that impact, from that, from that something that was done to that, to that item. But if all that was done was that it went from point A to point B, we have to be, uh, we have to, we have to be cognizant of the fact that hotza'a is a malacha garua. We refer to hotza'a as a malacha garua, meaning it's not a particularly creative act. It just, it just uh, transports something from point A to point B. So that's uh, not going to be considered something that uh, is really called hanah. 
Hanoa from Maisa Shabbos. The Tosos, Ramban, and the Rashba do not make any such distinction. Um, and uh, they say even if the Malacha does not change uh, anything, like transporting food, you're not allowed to get Hanoa from it. Lemaisa, Lechachila, we try to be Machmir. Bishas Hachak were certainly Mekel, especially when it was done Bishogeg. So now, what do we have over here? If you pass in like Rabbi Meir, what's that? It became outside the trum. Out, it's it's outside the trum, but it's beyond, so it might be muktzah anyway. You're saying no, but it's but it's after Shabbos is over already, so you don't have to. Let's say it took three hours to get there. We have to wait that time? No, I don't think you have to wait because they also from Tchum Shabbos, but you'd have to it's only for uh, for a Malacha so I, I don't think um, so and, and anyway we don't have a din of Kadesh Yasu when it comes to a Jew, that's only when it comes to uh, to a guy, unless you're machmer like that because so, so what are we left with over here? We're left with a person who, uh, let's let's count the Tzadim Lahakel. Tzad Lahakel number one, maybe we pass like a mayor anyway Right, maybe we pass on Rabbi Meir anyway. And according to Rabbi Meir, there's uh, there's no issue even if it was done b'mezid. As soon as Shabbos is over, it's mutter for everybody. Right, that's sad lahakel number one. Sad lahakel number two. Even if we pass on like Rabbi Yehuda, maybe uh, we could. Uh, this is not the kind of malacha that uh, that there is any issue of Maisa Shabbos on because it's it's he's only doing hotza for you. Uh, Tzad Lahakal number three, which I guess uh, is the first thing we mentioned, it's not clear that he's uh, that he's doing anything. He's carrying the same bag, and it just happens to have one more item in the uh, in the bag. It's unlikely that he's carrying it separately. That it's a separate mice of hotza for you at at, at all. Now um, the, uh, the 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 as we mentioned, according to Rabbi Yonah and the Ritva, if no change happens in the object, there's no isser of Maisa Shabbos. That's the sheet of the Kabbalah Nisanel as well, as we mentioned. Mentioned, the Ramban Rashba are, are not makele on this. The Maisa, like we said, Bishasat Sorech, when the Malach is done Bishogeg, for sure you could be makele. Bishasat Chak, even if the Malach is done Bimezid, because the whole list of Maisa Shabbos anyway is only Midraban. And this comes up in Israel. Uh, they had uh, situations where Chayalim were brought uh, food on uh, in a car or on some sort of vehicle um, on Shabbos, and uh, they want to know if they're allowed to eat the food. So that would qualify as a shas of chak. Um, and uh, however, there's another another factor over here. Uh, it's related to the chayalim and maybe to the neighbor as well. If the chayalim continue to eat that food, then the army realizes that they could deliver that food on Shabbos. Meaning, if the chayalim say we can't eat this food when it comes on Shabbos then the army is going to realize they have a problem and they need to solve that problem because they need, they need to feed their soldiers, right? So they're, they're, they're going to figure something else out. Whenever you're putting yourself in a position where you're encouraging further Chil Shabbos, so that's a problem. If you're enabling or encouraging further Chil Shabbos, that's a problem. So certainly in the case of the Chayalim, you have that situation. Now what about over here? Is, this, uh, what, is, is there any such Chajman over here with the neighbors? So one could argue that here you have these neighbors who are not Shomer Shabbos, and uh, you, you know they know that uh, it's distressing to a Shomer Shabbos person that there are Jews that are not Shomer Shabbos. Oh, unless you need something from me, then you're perfectly happy making me your Shabbos guy, and, and that may uh, minimize the entire Avera of Chil Shabbos in the the mind of the uh, of the neighbor. 
that, uh, oh, when you need something from me, then it's okay. You don't want me to take a plane on Shabbos. That's, that's wrong. Uh, but if you need something from me, then it's okay. Then I can take a plane on Shabbos. So, okay, that, that's not a halachic uh, consideration necessarily because you're not um, encouraging Chil Shabbos. It's just you might be impacting the way that they view Chil Shabbos. So it's just something to consider. Um, the person who asked the Shaila said that he was thinking about something else. He was thinking about, well, wait a second, what is this for? What are they, what are they doing this for? They're not just stam, uh, they're not just stam getting a, uh, getting a, uh, uh, you know, asking someone to do malacha for no reason. They're doing this for a reason, for the, for the reason of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara Maseches Gittin, what daf was it? I think it's like daf Zayin or something. The Gemara Maseches Gittin tells us that you're allowed to write a star. For uh, for for uh, for for Eretz Yisrael, right? That you're allowed to write a star for Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, what on Shabbos you're allowed to write a star? So al yidei amir la'akum, al yidei amir la'akum, you're allowed to write a star for Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Meaning, we're afraid that if you don't uh, write up that star, then you're going to lose the opportunity for Yishev Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we take extra leniencies when it comes to Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Okay, this is not Amir La'akum, this is not writing a star, this is a totally different situation, but that's what the, uh, the, the uh, as far as, you know, our, our attitude in terms of the value of what you're trying to accomplish over here, uh, perhaps, uh, for some reason I'm not finding the Gemara right now, but as far as the, the value of what you're trying to accomplish over here, um, the, uh, the, 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 um, as far as value we're trying to accomplish, the Gemara makes a clear statement that that is a very, very high value, and we even allow certain leniencies in Hilcha Shabbos on a Drabanan level in order to, uh, to enable Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Uh, it's a hard argument to make over here. First of all, it's not at all the same in terms of what you're, you're trying to do. Also, this fellow is not going to spend one less day in Israel. Uh, or living in Israel, one less day living in Israel if he doesn't get this document. In fact, he'll spend a lot more time talking to Israelis because he's going to have to be on the phone with the Misrat Apnim and uh, working things out for just a few hours. Long. Meaning it's a major inconvenience for him. It's not really enabling Yishev Eretz Yisrael in that sense. So if he's not able to make the appointment on Tuesday, he's going to have to wait for the next appointment, which will be who knows when. But he's not going anywhere. They're not throwing him out of the country in the, in the meantime. So it's not really enabling nor is he losing an opportunity for Yishev Eretzol. He's a Jewish guy. He's going to be able, he's going to, be able to, to, to make Aliyah whenever the time comes to make Aliyah. So at the end of the day, I thought that La Halacha, it's mutter, that La Halacha, it's mutter, and the parents may want to consider what their relationship is with the neighbor and uh, what the neighbor's attitude towards Shmir Shabbos is and whether this will impact that in a, uh, in a negative way. Um, so that's that's what I thought uh, la halacha. Um, I don't recall if I asked anybody else, but uh, but uh, I don't think uh, you know. It's not. I don't think it's such a uh, difficult shayla. I think that 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 would be uh, that would be that would be the halacha. Um, okay, so that's that's all I got on that uh, that shayla. Should I mention just very quickly the other shayla? The other shayla, I don't really have an answer on. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot to say on it, you know, but I don't have an answer. So, what do we have to say? Let's let's lay out what the issues would be in the other shayla in our in our remaining couple of minutes over here. I asked Rabbi Shai Shach to ask Rav Asher Weiss. I thought that this was a Rav Asher Weiss shayla. He said he did, and Rav Asher said he needs to think about it. Uh, meaning, this is not like an off the cuff. You know, you could just answer like that kind of uh, shayla or. 
certainly not not me, but even Rav Asher Weiss, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing he would need to write a tshuva on. Um, so anyway, but uh, what are the issues with, uh, well, what's the problem over here the, with, uh, in any direction? What, what are the Allah, what's, where do I open up a Shulchan Aruch to answer this Shiloh about the guy with the apartment and, uh, you know, promising the Mokhotanim that he's going to pay and now the bank is gone? Any suggestions? Darm. The Darm. Ah, so one possibility is he took a, he, he made a nether. A nether that's really. Right? His children are not, are, they're poor. They don't have any money. Um, and he has no obligation to support them. Um, you know, from a halachic point of view, they're already, you know, uh, uh, adults. If they, they're able-bodied adults, let them go get jobs. So they're, 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 they're poor. He's not under any obligation to support them. The, the decision that he has to support them, that he makes to support them, that's pure tzedakah. So he made a neder litzedaka. So how binding is a neder litzedaka? So that's one issue to think about. Uh, another issue to uh, to think about is that there's something called the mechusar amana or a mishapara. That in in dine choshen mishpat, when you make a commitment to something, uh, you have to keep that commitment. But the question is, how serious a commitment? So there are different levels of commitment. There's kinyan. A Kenyan is the highest level, right? If you made an actual Kenyan, then you're stealing. If if you don't uh, keep up your end of the bargain when there's an actual Kenyan, then there's uh, a, a level below that where you do some Misa, but it's short of a Kenyan. That's where Chazal say that there's a special curse. Misha Paramanshi Dara Mabu Manshi Oh, this week's Parsha. Manshi Dara Flaga, that the same Hashem who punished uh, the, the, the Dara Mabu and Dara Flaga is going to punish someone who's not Omid Bidiburo. That's if, like, let's say, Maos Enon Konos. Maos does not uh, create Kenyan, but if money was changed hands, it's enough to create a Mishapara. Then you have a level below that where you didn't even do any Misa, but there were words. You promised. And that is a question of mechusaramana. Is that a violation of mechusaramana? And then a level below that, you have mental commitment that you uh, you you had in your mind that that's what you wanted to do. Um, so does that mean anything? So there's a gemara in Babasu that seems to suggest that even on a mental commitment, a yurei shemayim should uh, should should uh, uh, ideally. Uh, be dover emes bilvavo. That even when it's only bilvavo, we should be dover emes. So the question is, uh, what exactly, I mean, the first question to ask the guys, what exactly did you do? Did you sign anything? Was there a tenoyim? Was there a promise made verbally? Was it uh, just a mental commitment? Did, did any money change hands? Was there any sort of uh, transaction of any type, any misa that was done in this regard? Then you have to take into account some of the other issues, and that is that there was an unforeseen circumstance over here. Can you back out on something when something unforeseen happened? Right? You sell your house in order to move to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, clearly, that's why you sold your house. And then something fell through in Eretz Yisrael, you're not able to go. The the, the, uh, the Ishur didn't come through in time or whatever, uh, you know, you're, you're not able to go. So, so you had no idea at the time that you sold you that that was going to happen. So do we assume that, that an unforeseen circumstance can change things? So that would have been the sheer had you chosen Shaila number two, uh, but we would have gone through some of, uh, some of those issues. But no, no, I guess we could do it some other time. Okay, have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody, and a pleasant evening. Thank you. Thank you.